for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. John, 1 John, and then Matthew chapter 9. 1 John and Matthew chapter 9. Everybody going to be ultra extra responsive today and all right we get a chance to build up this service like the others now huh come on uh, all right first John 5 and then Matthew chapter 9 now what I've observed in my life in in, in looking at how the things of God are presented on a normal basis is that Usually, there's not an error in telling people. Now, I say usually. Usually, not an error in telling people they can do too much. Uh, But often, uh, the things of God or life's potential is presented in a limited way. Uh, It's usually telling people what they can't do and don't go too far. Uh, Religion is very famous for putting people in in a box. And keeping them contained and controlled and you can't do too much. And it's always a limiting factor. And, and so I, I want to avoid going down that route in, in any subject we talk about. I, I want to avoid um, language that will exclude you or limit you or, or, or make you believe that somehow what we're talking about does not apply in your situation or your circumstance can't be changed, your life can't be fixed. See, that, that would be inconsistent with the Word of God. And, and it seems to me that even nowadays, many churches, uh, if you listen to what's being said, it's, it's all about your inability to control circumstances, to change negative events and happenings in your life. And more attention is giving, given to learning how to cope, learning how to live with whatever it is that, that you're dealing with or the challenges that you face, uh, usually believing that they somehow serve a greater good. And you may not like it, you may not enjoy it, it may not be fun, but God's got some eternal, mystical thing that He's doing in here that He'll never tell you about, of course. And, uh, but you just need to learn to accept and embrace and, and, and deal with life that way. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, see, my approach is different. I'm not afraid of getting your hopes up, all right? It seems that some are. It's like, well, we don't want to get people's hopes up. Why? We're so afraid that they're going to be disappointed. We're so f- afraid that, they're, that something won't work and then, you know, it, it, I don't want to be led by fear. I don't want to be motivated uh, by, by what if it doesn't. How many people miss out on so many things in their life because, well, what if it doesn't work? Or what if something doesn't happen? And, and when I read the scriptures and I see the promises of God, I want to get your hopes up so high. I, I, I want to get them up through the roof. Why? Because he's faithful to do what he said he would do. And if you expect him to fulfill his promises and, and fulfill exactly what he told you he would do, guess what? Your hopes will not be 
uh, denied. Your hopes will not be delayed or disappointed. You will enjoy God's best in your life. So I want to avoid small thinking. I, I want to avoid um, wrong believing and limiting the power of God. Uh, there is a, a type of belief that is, it's, it's, it's got everything in it. It's an always type of, of approach. It's an absolute uh, way of thinking. And, and, and what I mean by that is throughout the Word of God, and you can, you can look up this for yourself to make sure you see. I'll give you a couple examples. But we frequently will see language that includes everybody. It's whosoever will language. It's all, everything, or no one, you know, being on the other side. It's, a, it, it's an ev- all included. Everybody can have it. This, is all, this always works. That language is the fix for so many ills if we will embrace that belief. Because, it again, it keeps us from excluding ourselves from God's power. It keeps us from saying, but, but you're different, but you're the exception, but it's not going to work this time. And it keeps you out of that land of you never know what God's going to do. You know what I'm talking about? And so I, I remember Jesus over in the book of John chapter 11, he was praying one day. We got a recording of it, and, and not an audio recording, but you know, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> we got the record of it, and and he, he started this prayer, and he said, and I know, talking to the Father, and I know that you always hear me. See, I love, I love that. What do, you, what do you mean? His relationship with the Father was this real. He said, I know every time I talk to you, you hear me. And he was actually praying for the benefit of those around him <laughs> so they would know that. He said, I know you always hear me. Do you ever say that to, to the Father? Do you ever pray and start out, Father, thank you. You always hear me always. Not sometimes, not half the time, not just once in a while when I really mean it. (laughs) Every time I I talk to you, you hear me. See, that's an always mentality. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 and verse 14 reads, now thanks be unto God who always causes, I think we've got scriptures, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. See, I can see it even though you can't. It's uh, (laughs) always causes us to uh, triumph in Christ, and uh, but but think about the language. Even though you're you know don't have the discerning of words, there you go. Uh, look look at that language. He always leads us in triumph. Not sometimes. What say you about your life? What say you about your relationship with God? I want to encourage this. He always causes me to triumph. He always leads. I always win. Every single time. Say, well, that hasn't been my past, but how about your future now? We, don't, we can't undo the past. It can be forgiven and all that, but we move on with an always mentality. Over in Romans 8, you know, we basically see through the scriptures that are presented there. And it, uh, if I were to summarize so we don't have to read them all, uh, it basically tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. L, zero, zippo, nada, nothing can separate us from God's love. But how many times do people feel that way? Well, I've done this, and I've this, and me this, and we find all of our excuses and our exceptions and our reasons why it can't be so, and we set ourselves aside from God's power. He may love other people, but me, that's different. No, let's knock that off. 
That's wrong thinking. That's devilish thinking. He loves every one of us, and nothing can separate us from that love. Hallelujah. Here's another example. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. It reads, God is able to make all grace abound, not that one, but towards you, so that, so that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. I think, I wonder if the Lord's trying to get something across to us. There's always all sufficiency, all things, every good work. There's nothing excluded. I, I, can, I can bank my life on this. I can write checks on it. It's good to go. It's everybody. And then Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Never. See, that's another, another everything type of word. I'll never leave you. Amen. And so, knowing that I, I, I should think this way, I should have this type of belief. Let's go over. Did you find 1 John chapter 5? 1 John, the fifth chapter. And, and let's read over here beginning in, uh, well, just one verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Verse 4. It reads, whatever... For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Well, let's stop right there. Whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. So what do you mean born of God? That's not being, I mean, meaning you're just born, okay? Because otherwise it would just say, everybody, this is true. No, this is not for everybody. This is for everybody who is born of God. All right, that's talking about the new birth. It's talking about salvation, eternal life. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're born again. You are then called a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. You are born of God. And what, what is true about you now is you are a world overcomer. Now, do you see yourself that way? Do you think of yourself as a world overcomer or maybe a failure, maybe you're a loser, maybe you're mindful of mistakes and faults and different things you've committed? Well, here's what the Word of God says. If you're born of Him, you're a world overcomer. Yeah, it's not pride, it's not arrogance, and it's not taking credit. But you wouldn't do us one bit of damage, one bit of harm for us to go through our day saying, thank you, Lord, all day long, I'm a world overcomer. Hallelujah, I overcome the world. Every single time, every situation, I always have victory. I always overcome. You always cause me to triumph. It's my nature. It's who I am in Christ. I am an overcomer of the world. Yeah. If he did that all day long, he would be glorified and you'd be strengthened. He'd be honored and you'd be built up. You'd be stronger than you ever were before. This is called renewing the mind. It's calling thinking like he thinks about not only himself but about our own lives. He goes on to say, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So this is how this world overcoming manifests. This is how it works out in our life. How does it work? It plays out by faith. So this is how I have victory. It is tied to what I believe. If I have right beliefs, if I believe correctly about the myriad of things that I deal with in life, my beliefs will put me over. They will cause me to triumph and win in every circumstance and situation. Praise God. Now, how many know faith is a relatively... Uh, unknown ability in the lives of most people. It's not uncommon to use the word faith. People talk all day long in our world about this faith and that faith, and they don't have a slightest clue what it means or what, that, what the, the power of that word is. 
And so uh, what I've discovered is it's very common for even Christians to be, they're talked about, uh, you know, I have this faith, but then they're taught to live by sight. They're taught to interpret the will of God by what happens. They're taught to, you know, to look and see. People pray, and they look to see if God did it. And if, they, and if nothing happened, then, oh, well, you know. And they, they, they judge God by what they see when that is exactly opposite of what we're told to do. This is, this is, uh, this is where this, this uh, funky doctrine has slipped into the thinking and believing and sermons and teachings of a lot of people that, that the God is in control doctrine. Okay, you've probably heard that before. It's interesting to me how, how many people, they want to quote that when things don't go well. That's usually when it comes up. Well, this fell fall apart, this didn't work, and well, God's in control. You know the Bible not only doesn't teach that, it teaches just the opposite. Do you know that very clear in Scripture it says that the whole world is under the control of the wicked one? That's why this world is falling apart, because God doesn't have his, uh, he's not in control. And it tells you and I, as, if you're a believer, you're a Christian, you have something working in you called the fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. It's not that when you give up, when you become a Christian, all of a sudden God is steering. Now all of a sudden he's driving your car and you're just going along for the ride and it doesn't matter wherever he, he's just going to take you wherever you're supposed to go. No, the reality is it doesn't work that way. Sometimes I wish it worked that way. Let me just sit in the back seat. Take me, Lord. Go, go, go. <laughs> and, uh, but the reality is, is I have to get in the driver's seat and get direction. I need GPS, right? <laughs> I, need, I need to hear from him. I need to study his word. I need to find out what thus saith the Lord so I can be guided and directed through my life by him, submitted to him. But if I'm just going to sit back and go for the ride and just assume that everything that happens is supposed to happen, everything that comes to me, well, I had no, no control over that. That was just God's doing. Well, that's just inconsistent with the rest of, uh, the, rest of the teachings we find in, in New Testament, Old Testament, and so forth. So, uh, praise God. Did you find Matthew 9? Matthew chapter 9. Uh, I want to read over here and, and, and see what Jesus had to say about these matters. Uh, and this will change your life, by the way. All right. Everybody ready? Yeah. Man, some of you, some of you, you probably know this. You're so smart and so developed and spiritual and everything like that. And, uh, and it'll stir you up. It'll light a fire in you. You'll love it more than you ever have before. You'll go out of here and say, I knew that, but now I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's just like last week we talked about people being baptized and experiencing the resurrection in their life, and some people say, "I knew that, but now I'm fired up. <laughs> now, now, now my faith is alive. Now I'm strong." And so they they experience God on a whole other level. And uh, in Matthew chapter nine, beginning in verse twenty-seven, it reads, "When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us.' By the way, do you know mercy will heal you?" Some say, "Well, what are they crying for mercy for? They, they need healing." Yeah, there's healing in mercy. If God's, anytime you, you read about God's mercy in the Scripture, know that there's, there's enough power in that mercy to heal you. It'll give blind eyes uh, sight. Yeah. Verse 28, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? That's interesting that he would ask that question. So, Jesus, what does this have to do with their beliefs? This is, why don't you just do it? I mean, you're Jesus. You're Jesus. You're the Jesus, the healer. Why don't you just do it? That's not how it works. This is not how God's blessings work. This is not how the potential of a life is experienced, by God just doing it or God just not doing it. If that were the case, we'd all be laughing. <laughs> yeah? 
But he asked him, he said, you guys, you guys believe I can do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then, when? Then, when's then? Then is after they said yes. Is after they said, yes, Lord, we believe. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. That is a powerful statement. What it, according to what? Your faith. Or let me say it another way. What is it to you or what controls what is unto you? Jesus said. Now, this is not religion talking. This is not human thinking. The, the Lord Jesus said, according to your faith be it to you. So what is, what be to me is directly tied to what I believe. My experience and my belief system go hand in hand. If I don't like my experience, I should analyze my belief, right? Not just stay back, sit back and say, well, well, I can't control. There's nothing I can do. I guess this is all on God. That is not what Jesus said here. That is not what he told him. Huh? He said, listen, you guys, according to your faith, be it to you. And their eyes were opened. So what did they believe? They believed that if Jesus would minister to them, that, that their eyes would be opened. And what did they get? They got what they believed. Now, that's an interesting uh, way of thinking, and I want you to consider, because we're all, I think, interested in what be to us. You, you interested in what be to you? We're, that's why, I mean, we're working on it constantly, right? We're trying to make right decisions in life because we don't want it to, to be bad with us. We don't want it to go the wrong way. We want life to be good. We want to enjoy our family, our life, our whatever. And we want it to be to us a certain way. According to Jesus, you have to analyze your belief system in order to, in order to fix that, in order to have any control in that, in that arena. Amen. And so I want you to think about this from an opposite standpoint. Uh, and he said, according to your faith, be it to you, what did he not say that sometimes we think? Uh, he, notice he didn't say uh, to, to the blind guys, he didn't say, according to my faith, be it to you. Jesus didn't say, this is about what I believe, you guys. No, he said it was about what they believed. Uh, he didn't say to these guys, now listen, ready? According to God's power, be it to you. According to God's, that might sound good if it was written that way. We might think, oh yeah, God's power. But that is not why, and that's essential, don't get me wrong, we need the power of God, that's important. But that is not why those blind guys got their eyes open, because God was powerful. Otherwise, Jesus misled us. Everybody with me today? Say, uh, by the way, that's still the case. We can see this, this is, this is logical, we can understand what happens in life, our lives, other people's lives, is not controlled simply by God's power. If it were just a matter of God's power, all the blind eyes, bam, would be open just like that. If it were just about God's power, He could fix everyone's ills of all kinds 
in an instant, in a moment, and everything would be fine. He has the strength. He has the ability, the power to do that. But we can see just by looking around the world, okay, I guess that's not how it works. Because if it's according to, like I said, if it's according to God's power, all these issues would be settled in an instant. But how many people think that way? Well, they just focus on whatever God can do. No, it's not according to God's power. Uh, It's also not according, he didn't say, according to your need, be it unto you. According to your need. What what, what do you mean, your your need? Uh, Sometimes they go, well, God, if I have a need, that's what's necessary to to receive from the Lord. You You can identify this again just by looking around, looking around the world. God does not respond to needs. Well, God is the need meter. Yes, but not just based on the need. There's got to be something else involved there. Otherwise, there would be no need. There would be not a person here today that would say, yeah, I'm lacking in this area of my life. I have a need that needs to be met. Or we couldn't find anywhere in the world. If God just did things and moved in accordance with a person's need, uh, there would be no needs left because He's abundant God. He's the all-sufficient one. He's the all-supply. He has more than enough, and every need would be met. Bam! Just like that. But that's not how it works. Everybody okay? All right. Listen, he didn't say, blind guys, according to what you want, be it unto you. According to what your desire is. How many know our desire is not the only factor in what we receive from God? Our desire is an important thing. Man, I tell you, a desire sometimes will move you to act. If you want something enough, it'll move you in the right, right or wrong direction. Some desires, how many know we should resist? Some desires we should say, uh-uh, I'm not going to give in to that one. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys do that sometimes? I hope so. Sometimes you want something and you should say no to it. Yeah. You say, absolutely not. I'm not going to go down that road. That's a wrong desire. I resist that. Otherwise, you're going to end up in some funky situations and messed up in your life. Uh, But your desire, some desires need to be resisted and some desires are good. But just because you want your prayer answered, just because you want your bills paid, just because you want your body healed, it's fine. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do the job. Uh, Jesus didn't say it's according, you guys, hey, blind guys, it's according to your worth. It's according to your value. It's according to how worthy you are. Uh, I've seen many times people, they disqualify themselves because I'm so unworthy or I've done so many wrong things. And then others disqualify themselves saying, but God, I deserve this. (laughs) And either way, you never access the blessings of God based upon your goodness. If you ever want to go before Him and receive something good, do it based upon His goodness. You know, I don't want to talk about what I'm worthy of or what I deserve because the moment we start talking about what I, what I deserve and what I've earned, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but, but as soon as we can switch the conversation and talk about mercy and grace and forgiveness and free gifts and eternal life and all that stuff, I'm all about that conversation. Because why? I'm now qualified again. If we start talking about your worth, you'll be disqualified because you've done something to mess this up at some, somewhere along the line. Yeah, And so he didn't look at these blind guys and say, you know what, you are some outstanding citizens of this community. And because of that, be healed. No, it just really wasn't about that. It, what was it about? We know what it was about. It was about their, their believing. 
their believing produced it. It was, inter, it was disconnected from all these other factors. Here's another thing that Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, blind guys, be it unto you according to God's will. Be it unto you according to the will of God. Yet how many people will, will think that way concerning so many areas of life? Uh, you'll hear individuals say, well, if God wants something to happen, it'll happen. I guess it'll happen if He wants it to happen. But no, that's not what happened here. These guys weren't heal healed because of the will of God. I'm here to tell you, there are so many more things that God wills to happen that are not happening because individuals are not believing in His will. You know, the script, so someone said, well, it, sometimes when it comes to this subject, like of healing, people will say, well, if God wanted someone to be healed, then I guess they'll be healed. Well, what if He wanted them to be saved? I mean, the Scripture says it's, it's not God's will that any should perish but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. So it's His will for them to be saved, but how many know there's more factors involved in just God wanting it, and many people are not saved, even though God wants it to happen. See, He's not getting everything He wants. Yeah? And so, so I don't want to fall into this trap where I just say, whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. Well, what if that's not, not true? And what if, what if Jesus... Like, never taught that. And here's the thing. He did never teach that. But he did teach this. And these guys got healed. Why? He said. It's not just me. He said, it's according to your faith that it's unto you. Wow. See what this does? This opens up. This blows out all the walls. Takes off the roof. The potential of your life is unlimited now. Because it's not controlled by some external force. The only thing we, I mean, the only limiting factor would be whatever God has promised or not promised, whatever He's provided or not provided. But that is a big honking field of openness. But what I experience in my life within the, the very minimal confines of God's provision and blessing is whatever I can believe. And so if I can believe it, I can now access it. And if I'm not presently accessing it or enjoying or experiencing God in a certain level, I have the ability to tweak my beliefs, to change the way I think about a particular thing, and that will give me access to God's best. Hallelujah. Now, look over at Mark chapter 9. If you take a, a right turn, uh, the ninth chapter of Mark. So what was Jesus correct in his statement here that it was according to their faith? Okay, this is a participation sport here. So yeah, I think we agreed to this up front. <laughs> that this being the best of all of our services. Amen. That you are the high, the highest, the best, the cream of the crop. Okay, good. I just want to make sure I was talking to the right crew here. Uh, <laughs> It, over in Mark chapter 9, uh, there was a situation there where this, this dad had a son who was messed up with this demon, and he was having seizures and all kinds of stuff, and it was, he called it a mute spirit, and, uh, and he brought him, we'll read verse 17, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. 
And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me." Now stop that right, right there for a moment. Uh, can you see what has happened so far? This guy brings his son to Jesus' disciples, which by the way, they were being used to do all these things, healings and deliverances and, and so forth. And they endeavored to get this spirit out of that boy and they weren't successful. Now if you stop right there, uh, we, should, we should note this. Just because something didn't work does not mean that it cannot work. Just because something didn't happen does not mean it was the will of God that it didn't happen. Jesus did not step in here and say, you know what, I mean, good try, you guys, but you win some, you lose some. He didn't step here and, in here and say, you know, well, God's will, you know, and he doesn't always want this to be. And so, No, he didn't say any of that nonsense. All right? Just because, if, you're, if, you're, if you've dealt with something in your life, say, man, I've prayed and I, nothing's changed or I've done this. That's not the end of the story unless you make it the end of the story. Okay? You failed to get the victory, the answer, the, the solution, whatever. It didn't happen yet. Don't put a period on that. Put three periods. You know, etc. Continuing on. Still breathing, I'm still alive, I'm going to figure this out, the Lord's going to help me, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get victory in my life. Amen. 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 But but, but, uh, again, just because that was the case, doesn't mean it it couldn't be changed. And uh, I remember one time a woman, I was teaching in a smaller setting on, on healing, and, and sharing some good things along these lines, and and. and a woman asked me at the end, she said, well, uh, well, what if someone doesn't get healed? Because I was using language of all and all-inclusive and everybody and all the time and by his stripes and all this kind of, what if someone doesn't get healed? I said, well, we just don't give up. Now, here's what, here's what was interesting. You know, that's a real simple answer, and you might think, well, that's obvious. But that answer to this, I mean, wonderful, sincere lady... It had never occurred to her. And this is where religion has, man, it has messed us up. Because people will say, they'll pray, they'll do, and then they'll look. And if, not, if something didn't change right before their eyes that very instant, they make up all kinds of new theologies. We've got to have some way to explain why this didn't work. And they, they do not walk by faith, they walk by sight. And they immediately go into, well, God didn't want to, or it's not his timing, or he's teaching them something, or all this kind of stuff. They come up with a human answer to explain why something didn't happen. Man, knock that off. Just because it didn't work doesn't mean it can't, doesn't mean it won't, doesn't mean we can't uh, learn and grow and increase and get better at this. See, my goal, I want to help everybody. I think that's the heart of God. I don't think I'm superior to him in that regard. Well, Lord, if you were like me, you would want everybody to be healed. But you're up there and you're... <laughs> no, f- 
far more than I want to help someone, than I want to help a child that is writhing in pain or a child like this having seizures. And, and Far more than I want to help them or you want to help them. God is love. He wants them helped. And if we don't see it right away, and I'm not trying to set us up for not seeing it right away, but if that were the case, we're not going to immediately say, God, he didn't do it. There's something wrong on his end. No, no. We can still get this. And then, and so Jesus here, you know, he used pretty strong language, didn't he? And uh, some of you need to get hold of your uh, 21st century self, <laughs> America self that is, is fond of being offended, just in case. I don't know if there's anyone here like that. Uh, uh, but in our day, you know, everyone likes to be offended at everything and outraged over everything. <gasps> Can't believe they said that. And uh, let's protest it or something or, or whatever. It's just crazy. Lack of spine. Lack of maturity. Anyway, so I'm just setting you up so you don't fall in that trap and be offended and, and anything like that. But th- these are Jesus' words. How did he respond to their lack of success? He said, Psh. I added that. <laughs> He said, oh, faithless generation. Oh, f- nowadays people might want to say, you, maybe you would have said this, but you're not anymore. You're attacking my faith. How dare you question my beliefs, my faith? What, you're saying I don't. You're saying, what do you say about me? This is Jesus. Love in the flesh, but bold as a lion. And he said, listen, you guys, you couldn't get the stupid mute spirit out of the boy? <laughs> faithless generation man they can't get anything done wow that's kind of strong but it should be strong because listen listen faithlessness is more serious than 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 a terminal disease faithlessness is an eternal issue and if you ever find it cropping up in your heart an absence of belief in the right thing deal with it real firmly So I am going to uproot this nonsense. I'm going to get it out of my life and out of my heart. I am going to be one who believes God in spite of whatever things might look like or feel like. I am going to believe what he said that pleases him. But it's a very serious serious issue here um, when someone is like this. And let me just throw this out. I don't think when Jesus used the language of faithless, that it meant that they didn't believe anything. All of us believe something, right? But sometimes we believe the wrong thing, and that's where we make adjustments. I got saved because I took my belief and I put it in the resurrected Christ for my eternal salvation, and it caused me to be born again. See, you didn't always believe what you believe, but when you changed your belief to align up with God's promise of eternal life and salvation, it changed your life forever. It's amazing. If it will do that concerning eternity, do you think we could alter our temporal, earthly existence in any way by making changes in our belief system? By discovering, you know what, whenever this happens to me, I default to this response. If that response is not working, change your belief. You're believing wrong about that situation. 
may be an attack of the enemy. It may be a whatever. There could be a gazillion things. But if it's not working, it's a wrong belief. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Let's keep reading verse, verse 20. Verse 20. Did I already preach long? Did I? <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like I've been preaching that long. Right now. Hallelujah. Well, let me finish this. <laughs> Verse 20, Mark 9, verse 20. Then, then they brought him to him, the boy, to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? He, and he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown, both, thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But, look, if you can, look at that language, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Stop. That sounds good. That sounds okay, right? I mean, he's asking Jesus, Jesus, if you can do anything, help. It doesn't sound bad at all to say, Jesus, help, right? But look at Jesus' response. See, this is where we, we adjust our believing. Because if you stop right there, religion stops there all day long. Without results, without deliverance, without healing, without victory. And Jesus, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Do you see how Jesus switched the attention off of himself and back onto that guy? You might say, that doesn't sound very compassionate. Yes, it is because it's the answer. Compassion gives people a way out. It doesn't just pet their unbelief. Oh, well, you don't believe. Oh, that's, that's too bad. Let me just help you. Listen, Jesus wanted to help this guy, and Jesus wanted this boy healed more, as much as the father did or more, right? And so he got in his business, and the guy said, Jesus, if you can do anything, help. Jesus said, no, 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 no. If you can, believe. All things are possible. Yeah. Listen to this verse from the Amplified. And Jesus said, you say to me, if you can do anything, why, all things can be, are possible to him who believes. Listen to this, uh, New Living Translation. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And how much do, do we want to do that? We want to put it off on someone else, even to the Lord. God, if you can do anything. No, 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 no. Same response. No, if you can believe. What's our focus? Changing God? Good luck with that. Not going to change him ever. He's perfect. He's right. He's the same always. And that's a good thing. You can count on him. What needs to change? Sometimes our end of the equation needs to change. And if we can believe, we just opened up the whole gamut of all of the all of heaven, all of God's power, all of his love, all of his promises. If we can believe it. All things are possible. Oh, I love that. That's powerful. Amen. See, often people don't want their success to be the result of something uh, that's in them. And that's because if something doesn't work out, we have to kind of look in the mirror. 
I get that. That's not, that's not fun. But if we see the potential, it is. It's like, yeah, but I can change. And he's for me, and he'll help me, and he'll show me. And I can change. But it's, it's either God did it or God didn't do it. It's all on him. I did everything right. My prayer life is perfect. My commitment to God is perfect. My faith is perfect. It's just sometimes God doesn't, sometimes God doesn't do it. Well, that sure takes the pressure off, huh? But here's the problem. The boy's still demon-possessed, if that's the, the approach. Here's still the problem. My needs are still unmet, even though he's super rich. God. But I'm still... I can take that approach all day long, and I can feel good about, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yay, I'm perfect. But I still don't have God moving in my life. Or if I believe what Jesus said, I say, you know what? What do I need to believe different here? How do I need to adjust my believing in this situation? Maybe I'm believing something that's off, because as soon as it gets on, click, boom. (laughs) Boom, look at that. Yeah, and you enter into a flow of God's ability and power uh, that you've never seen before. What, What if... It, whatever is unto me is according to what I believe, then one of my primary focuses for my own life is to get my believing right. I need to analyze what I believe. And, and listen, I'm not just saying, hey, I believe in Jesus, or I don't believe in Jesus. That's too general, okay? That's too nonspecific. We face real specific situations and circumstances every day of our lives, and in the middle of those, we need to see them right. We need to believe correctly. We need to, to, to look at it and say, okay, this is how this fits. This is what I'm going to believe in this circumstance. Amen. Amen. This is how we stop losing and start winning. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this question. In finishing up, are all things possible to everyone? You guys, you guys are the smartest of the three services. <laughs> At least some of you said got the right answer, and some of you had enough sense to be quiet. Because <laughs> the other services, people were, yes, yes, and the, the answer is not that all things are possible to everyone. All things are possible to the believing ones. If you believe, that's what Jesus said. He didn't say all things are possible. Someone said, well, all things are possible with God. Yes, but that doesn't mean it's going to play out in your life. That goes into the power of God. Yes, He can do anything, but why isn't He is my question. Just because He can, what about me? What about my life? And this is my opportunity to not be led by what I see and feel and we'll get into that a little bit later on but we can access the very promises provision, redemption all of what God has provided made available to us if we believe right oh this is so important this is huge man I tell you we're going to walk in we hope you enjoyed this message find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media Life Church Boise Thank you and have a blessed day.